Hey guys, welcome to the REI Network podcast with me, Gavin Timms. Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back to the REI Network podcast with me, Gavin Timms. Today is something that's obviously I'm more passionate about, all right? Sales. Uh, talking to sellers um, is kind of what I enjoy or what I did a lot in the business. I think sales in general is the million-dollar skill. I've talked about it before, and it's something that you've got to get good at. And there's a few key things I want to talk about in this episode that's really going to get you focused on being able to pre-screen your sellers on the first phone call, which is going to make your life a lot, lot easier. All right. So I'm going to dive straight in. Just before I do, make sure you give me a like and subscribe. Go over to the REI Network podcast. Subscribe there. My YouTube channel, if you're watching me there. Uh, anything that you need, drop comments in. I'm happy to answer any questions as well. All right. So let's dive straight in. Uh, what I want to talk about first is when we approach the phone call, right? The call comes in. It doesn't matter if it is going to your outbound calling or inbound, whatever it is. You're coming on. You've got to get the information. You're going to pre-screen this seller and you're going to set yourself up to be able to then go and make the offer. All right. And you're going to do all of this in the first phone call. Now, the first thing that you've got to do is work on the four pillars. Now, we've talked about this before and I'm going to take you through each pillar. I'm going to give you some examples that you can be asking. I'm not a script guy. I'm all about building a rapport with a seller, having good questions, making sure that 80% they're talking, 20% I'm talking. And that's just me again, asking the questions, make sure that I'm listening. I'm taking notes. I'm writing things down. All these things are going to be important because you're going to need it through the whole cycle of, of with this lead to get the deal actually closed. All right. So number one, is motivation situation okay you want to find out what is going on so what is happening with the seller what is you know why are they even considering selling how long have they been thinking about selling what is it that, why are they selling and you're going to get this information and this is your first time of actually understanding why you're actually having this conversation now you're leading with this it's all about the seller. It's not about you. It's not about how do I get paid? How do I make money on this deal? If you're going in with that mindset and that attitude, it's going to go wrong. You're going to come across too salesy and you're not solving the problem. All right. We need to find out what the core problem is from the seller and then we need to solve it. And by solving it, it probably probably is a few things. One, they need money. Two, it's a headache. It's a hassle. They want it to be gone and done, right? Three, they're getting older and, and they just, again, want to be done. The same thing, right? But you're going to have these reasons and then you need to solve the problem accordingly. And maybe it's like, well, I want top dollar. So you're going to have to do a creative deal, right? So, <laughs> excuse me. So what you're going to do is firstly, motivation situation. You're going to ask them questions, all right? Then you're going to find out number two, which is the timeline. How quickly do they want something to happen? Are they looking? And this is a good one for motivation. This is a good one to set you up for how you're going to make your offer here in a little bit, depending on how this conversation goes. Now, the timeline, how quickly would you? You know, would you want something to happen? Oh, I'm ready today. Yesterday, I wish it was already sold. High motivation. Something needs to happen quick. Or, oh, I'm not in a rush. 
well, how long? Are you looking at three months, six months? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, well, I'm not, not really fussed. Okay, you've got two different things there. But it gives you then the understanding, again, that will help with that motivation of how quick we need to act or they want to act on it. That doesn't mean that you can't close the deal. That just gives you an understanding that some potentially then the cash offer and the speed is not going to solve the problem because they're not worried about that. Right. So that's how why I'm asking that question. Number three is the condition, the condition of the property. Right. The general condition. Has there any been any major remodeling happened to the bedrooms or not the bedrooms, the bathrooms, the kitchen? OK, how old's the roof? How old's the AC? All the bigger items. That's what you want to be finding out, because that's going to if they if they say, well, we haven't done anything in the last 10 years. Uh, the roof's 15 years old. The AC's eight. You already know that it's going to be outdated. It's going to need some repairs and maintenance because of the age of everything. So by asking the condition is going to set you up as well. That's going to help you in your offer. Right. So asking that question of the, of the condition of property is really important. And then number four, the hard one is the price. OK, so number four is price. Now, there's multiple ways of trying to get that. Uh, out of people you can obviously ask them what a house is selling for in the area to see if they have any knowledge you can you know ask them what, what is it that you're looking for how much are you wanting uh to, to give a gauge again it doesn't really matter to you but it gets the, the number out there for you then to start working on the other thing that you could say if you're struggling to get it you could say hey if we do buy this house is there is there a mortgage payoff at closing yes there is and what is that a hundred thousand. Okay, great. So now you know there's a mortgage of a hundred thousand. You can then go one more if the conversation is going well in that position and say something along the lines of how much do you want to walk away with at closing? Ideally for you, 50,000. Okay. Well, now we know what they're offer. hundred thousand mortgage. They want to work away with 50. So we're looking at 150,000, especially if we're going to, you know, pick up all the closing costs. Okay. So. They are the four pillars that you've got to get out in that pre-screen seller call because of the reason of you then knowing how to solve the problem, what the problem is, and it's going to allow you then to be able to position your offer. So I'm going to give you a scenario, right? Let's say we talk to a seller and he's older, his wife's just passed, he doesn't want to deal with the property anymore, it's now just become vacant, this is his last one, and he wants to sell. His timeline is as, as, as quickly as possible. Here's the condition. Needs a lot of updating. Okay. So the bedrooms, bathrooms, things like that. And the price, though, he's a little high on his price or he's not going to give me a price, uh, whichever way you want to take in that scenario. So what have we got with that? So we know he's older. Okay. He's had a lot of things not going well in life. He just wants to get done with his property now. He's on his own. He doesn't want to deal with it. He wants it to happen as quickly as possible because it's vacant and he's not given us or he has given us a price that's just pretty much retail, let's just say. So now in that sales, if we've got that information, we need to see how we're going to work on the price. So when we come out now to go and make our offer, obviously working on that cash offer could solve things with then a backup maybe into a creative finance. Let's just say there's no mortgage on this. He's had it for 20 years. There isn't a mortgage. So maybe we could offer a cash, maybe then working our way in to a creative finance deal. Right. And I'll, I'll, I'll 
talk about how I would potentially go about that. So let's say I've got the information. I go, I, I look at my offer. He wanted a hundred grand and I'm going to go and offer him 42,000. Okay. So I'm going to go in with 42. He wants a hundred. We're miles off. And then we're going to work on obviously the process of this. So when I get back on the phone, it's going to say something like, Hey, John, how are you doing? It's Gavin. I know we talked yesterday. Great, great talking with you. Look, uh, I understand your circumstance. I understand, you know, where you're at and you really want to get rid of this thing really quickly. But I've looked at the numbers, John, and uh, I can't get anywhere near your price. I feel that's close to retail. And also the work that's needed because it hasn't had this, 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 and this done to it. I can't get anywhere near that 100. So it's just not going to work right now. And then I'm going to be silent. What is John going to want from me before he gets off the phone? He wants to know what my offer is. Okay. Now I might say something like, well, John, you know, like I said, we got on great and it's a lot lower and, and I don't want to insult you or make you mad. But it's the only thing that I could, you know, find out to like make this work and make this happen because of, again, the repairs that I just explained. But, but like, it's just, it's just not going to work for you. And I am not going to tell him again what the price is. Now, the third time, he's probably going to go, no, I understand. Like, I won't be mad. I just, you know, want to know what it is and, and kind of see if we can come up with something. Okay, great. Well, look, I'm looking around. Now, here's where your price anchoring comes in. Let's say I, what did I say? I wanted to pay 42, right? Now, he's already at 100, so I don't want to go too much lower. So I might say, look, John, I was thinking, you know, probably like low 30s, John. And he's going to say whatever his reaction is. Wow, like that's crazy. That's low. That's ridiculous, whatever. And I said, no, I understand. I said, well, here's the reason, John. I have got to put in, I mean, this thing's 2,000 square foot, okay? It needs a new roof. It needs updating, in all rooms, it needs paint, it needs carpet, materials are way up. The budget on this is huge. And even if it goes to plan, I have to make something on it, right? I, I can't I can't do it for nothing. So that's why, you know, that's where I got to how I got to my offer. Well, John, let me ask you a question. How close are we to thirty two thousand? Now I want to see how much he's gonna jump. And he said, Well, I can't get anywhere near thirty two. Okay, well, how close can we get? He might say 50, he might say 60, he might say 70, but I want to know where he's going to jump to, okay? And I want to get that number before I position anything else to do with creative finance. I'm going to tell you why in a minute, because it depends on the condition. So obviously, if it's livable or not, let's say it is livable. Let's say he drops to 70,000. I'm at 32. So I price anchor and I want to be in the 40s, right? I went lower, but we're still having a conversation. So remember what his problem is. He wants to be done. He doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't want to take care of it. Okay, that's his problem. So I will then say, well, John, no, here's the thing. I know we're still too far apart, but let me ask you a question. Would you do any kind of terms on this if I could make payments to you and I'd be responsible for the property? I'd be responsible for any maintenance, repairs. You wouldn't have to deal with it. You'd just be basically acting like the bank, John. But I can just pay you over a period of time and if that's something that would interest you, I could pay you more money for the property. Is that something that you, you'd be interested in or not? Then he might say, well, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, it's not like I need the money. I just don't need the hassle. I know when, when we can, again, I'm focused on his problem. I'm trying to fix the problem, okay, by bringing in a solution. But obviously get that, that, that money up to be able to get this deal um, locked up and closed. Okay. So that's how I would position it in that scenario in that way 
again, identifying the problem, sticking to the cause of the problem, but by saying, hey, actually, I can give you more money if we do a terms deal. Now all I've got to make sure is how do I get the best terms deal over the longest period of time and get it cash flow in as much as I can with little to no money down with zero interest if I can, right? So you have to be careful as well in the sales cycle that you don't make your own problems. And a lot of you do. A lot of you over talk and you bring things up. Why would you mention interest if it didn't come out of his mouth? In your offer, it's zero interest. That's, that's it. Like you're just going in with the offer. I'm not even saying zero percent. I'm just saying I'm going to make you X amount of payments for this amount of time, whether until with a bloom payment of X amount, whatever it is, right? And then I'm going to make sure that obviously the rents are up. Let's say I'm going to make $700 payments and I can Airbnb this for two grand a month, whatever. Maybe I can rent it out in its current condition for 1500 a month and I'm going to give him 10 years with then a bloom to the rest, right? And I'm not mentioning interest. It's just principal only payments through in that example. Now, again, you've got to make sure that you don't bring up, well, what interest rate would you give me, Mr. Seller? Well, now are you going to now, just that one comment, good, good job, you've now got an interest rate. And now you're negotiating an interest rate that potentially you didn't need to negotiate because it doesn't matter right now. It's 0% in your offer unless the seller brings it up, okay? Just like don't do it over two years. Don't say, well, how many years do you want to do it over, right? If you add a mortgage on, you could do it for the life of the mortgage or you do 20 years and, and do a long time and then go, I'm not doing it for 20. I want to do it for three and then try and get it at 10 and negotiate that, that, that time frame, right? So you never want to create your own objections. Just like if you're doing lease options, don't say bring up tenant buyers. What's a tenant buyer? Now you've got to explain yourself. Now you're selling that, that whole thing. If you're staying in the middle of the deal, they're dealing with you. What you're doing on the sub end, if you're staying in the middle, doesn't really matter right now. So keeping on course, not over talking, not just getting in training and then just waffling on. Let the objections come from the seller and don't create your own. That's one of the biggest things that I can tell you. All right. And remember the four pillars. Number one, situation, motivation. That's what you've got to focus on. Timeline, how quickly, condition, price. Them four things in a pre-screen seller call is going to help you give you, again, help you position the offer. The offer needs to solve the problem of the seller. Do not come come and say the seller wanted to sell quickly. He needs money. And then you're trying to put him in a five-year lease option. Like, no, that is not going to close. Never. You're wasting your time. It's not going to close because you're not solving the problem. You're just thinking about how you can do a lease option. It doesn't work. Don't make the offer, right? Focus on the problem. The offer will support that to get the contract signed. If you do that, you're going to get contracts signed and you're going to start making a lot of money and moving a lot of deals. All right. So guys, hopefully this helped. Make sure you like, subscribe, uh, drop any comments and uh, I will see you on the next one. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs>